This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Chugga, chugga, chugga. <laughs> it's the afternoon. On, uh, on a Sunday. Yeah. Where the sun has come up. It is a lovely day. The sun has risen. A lot of people are making that point today that it's a nice day. Yes, it's a lovely, lovely day. There are still leaves on the trees and uh, a little bit of autumn fecundity. Yes. (laughs) That was my mic stamping. And uh, Matt's brought in his theremin today (laughs) to to (laughs) regale us. I get to play my theremin. Yes. Um, Yeah, happy Sunday. Thank you to the scientists as always. Now, Cameron, we, we're not going to tarry today. We're going to jump straight into our first guest. But briefly, mm-hmm. uh, many happy returns to you for your birthday yesterday. Oh, ah. <laughs> and you had rather a nice meal. I did have rather a nice meal. Um, uh, of all the places in this, in this fabulous food town, um, I ended up at the Atlantic for um, a rather amazing meal. Got to say big thanks to all the people there. And possibly mm. had... The best soup I have ever tasted, and it was uh, this crab bisque. <laughs> and we were just talking about bisques last week, weren't we? Here we were. Bashing down the shells. It's yeah. good. Actually, it's a good soup to make at home. I've never done a bisque at home. Especially if you're a little bit aggro, you know, you just need to get it out. <laughs> actually, maybe, so maybe today's a good day. <laughs> maybe today is uh, crab bisque day. Take that, prawn heads. Prawn heads and shells. <laughs> bash, 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 bash. Bish bosh bash. Yes. Um, anyway, but this um, this had sort of um, what the hell was it? it? I thought it was a bernoisette on the top of mm. it, which is a beautiful thing. You can just finish up a velouté with mm. one thing that one of our guests will know a fair bit about, being of uh, a classical French trained kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a little bit of um, usually a bernoisette in a soup, especially a bisque, can make it incredible. Um, this was. Just next level. Um, great meal. Anyway, mm. big thanks. And mm. uh, thank you for wishing me happy birthday. But we should probably move on because we it should. is 12.04. And um, there's a bit to get through today. Got a good show. Got a good show. Hey, we hope. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, phone us in and tell us what you reckon uh, to start us off. Um, and uh, coming in with her new book that sounds like that. Ooh. Chunky Tome. Uh, you could find it on the street. It's about street food Vietnam. Jerry Myers here. We will get to her in just a couple seconds. God, it's colourful. There's some good things in here. And we're going to ask her about those. Mm. Uh, and uh, Donovan Cook from Ryan. Donovan mm. Cook, old school French master, I think we could say. Yes. Um, boy, when we talk about repertoire, He's got a repertoire. And he's also got a restaurant in um, St. George's Road, North Fitzroy, and uh, also doing a collaboration with Gin Palace, which I thought Mm -hmm. might be an interesting thing to have a chat about. And then finally, just to bring it all into that home-cooked sort of a field Mm -hmm. of things, uh, in the green room at the moment is a fabulous gentleman. His name is Diego. Diego Campanella, who first came here into Melbourne in 1961, mm. a couple footy seasons ago, when Melbourne was a vastly different place. And he is part of the Darabin Homemade Food and Wine Festival, which will be happening from the 1st to the 8th of June. Mm-hmm. 
kind of, in a way, it, its origins was celebrating the Melbourneese. Yes. And the Melbourneese, of course, are all the migrants that came to Melbourne and kept their traditions alive. Yes, you've often referred to Melbourne as the 21st region of Italy. Well, Antonio Caluccio did. No, did actually, he? I put right. that to him uh, oh, okay, right. a long time ago and he, he went, yeah, that's kind of right. Um, but it's kind of interesting in the fact that as we have matured as a nation um, and, a, and a city, probably more of a city than a nation, mm. going by what happened, stop it. Uh, <laughs> um, we see that the hipsters or the others, the Aussies have taken on and and have absorbed all this culture mm. and these things. So now we have, you know, I think a great case in point was the Salami Festival, which was won by uh, not Italians, mm. but some guys uh, from, I think, Northcote doing a duck salami. Did, which they have, was, did they have big beards? Yeah, they had big beards. Yes. Of course they did, and they were beautifully groomed and yes. had oil in them and things like that. But Diego's going to talk about making wine at home, mm -hmm. and he's bringing in what I sort of see as an oddity, and I'm a bit sad that our first guest is going to have to go because she's not going to be able to try it. Raspberry wine. I don't know. Have you ever tried raspberry I wine? I have not. Okay, well, we're going to have a look at that yeah. uh, in a second. It is 12.07 here on 3 R, and the great thing is... We have our first guest who's just sitting opposite me who um, told me, I want to go first because I've got a few things on. I've got two chickens on. Uh, my <laughs> son just said mama for the very, very first time. And she is trying desperately to dodge Eurovision bombs uh, <laughs> to get home to find out. Jerry Meyer, big good afternoon to you. It's lovely to see you. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be back again. Yes, I have very important things this afternoon. You I mean, got stuff. Well, I've got stuff in the sense that it's Eurovision. It's Eurovision weekend. So, um, and I'm curious. I'm curious. I nearly yeah. heard it on the radio this morning, so mm. I can't. I can't, I just need to go home and watch it. Before. Who's, who's our girl, Heidi Wright? Right? Yeah, huh? Kate Heidi Miller. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Say that again. So, so you do properly. As well, wasn't she? I think and so. I, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any semis or anything. Did you I see like a performance see... on the polls going? No, I haven't seen anything. It's so an amazing I, song. I like to leave it to the very end, so I'm surprised. Yeah. One year I watched all the semis and watched everything. Yes. And then by the time it came to the finals, like oh, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. <laughs> okay. And the question is, what is the food that is going to go with you? Israelian. So we've got some chickens. <laughs> yeah, good giant couscous. Yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah. Go, we've got, we've got wraps, we've got hummus, we've got salads, we've got chicken that's marinated that's going to be like a slash shawarma kind of yeah. thing. More hummus. Um, more hummus. Ah, eat your hummus, darling. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, okay. Yeah. I, thought, I thought maybe it might have been um, a bit of uh, Vietnamese street food perhaps. Well, we've been eating a lot of that recently and also working up to the book and, 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 and testing all the recipes out. We've had we've had so much of that. You test your recipes? Yeah. Wow. I know. Hey, what an interesting thing to do. I know, <laughs> So right? they actually work? Yeah. Wow. In my mind, they do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I'm being a little bit flippant with you, Jerry, but uh, <laughs> uh, congratulations on this beautiful, bright tome. My God, it's, it's pretty vibey, isn't it? Well, look, I, we, and the colours of the Vietnam flag on the as the correct. Front. So it's the colour of the traditional Vietnam flag, not mm -hmm. the one as we know it today. Yes, uh, which is the uh, you know the vibrant of the, the yellow and the red uh, through the centre, which is um, the three largest rivers in Vietnam. Yes, um, and also the bloodline of the Vietnamese people, yellow being the skin of the Vietnamese people. Yep. 
Yep. Um, so we want to really play on that and really bring it across without getting confused with what the current flag is. Okay. Now, just just in case those that have joined us might not have heard um, Jerry Mai and who Jerry Mai is, um, we should mention the fact that um, you've been a, a big part of the food scene here, here first of all, with a very, very interesting uh, outlet in uh, Emporium doing phonom. Yeah. For nom. For nom. Uh, you're doing great street food, but using incredible ingredients. That'd be a good way to put that. Right. And then with your restaurant in the emerging precinct, yeah. which I have to say is um, East Little Burke Street, up mm. on the top near Spring Street, where you do incredible food. And I think one of the things that defines it for me that I keep telling everyone is like, yeah, it's really, really great food. And, and, and Jerry cooks all their proteins and everything on charcoal which I think is good. But you've gone back to do this book. You've decided to... Well, tell us, what, 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 what well, was, how did this thing come about? Fernom is um, street food, the very basics, the entrance level to what we understand is Vietnamese food. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so it was really good fun when we did it five... It's been five years. you believe it's been five years, Cam? Time just keeps accelerating, I does know, it not? I know, I yes. know, I know. And then so when we it's opened It's the very Anam, nature of our existence that time accelerates, yes. My son is accelerating too fast. Yeah. <laughs> but Anam is also a Vietnamese, but taking it back to traditional recipes, food that I eat at home, food that you'll find at a Vietnamese family table, mm. none of the fandangle stuff, none of the got lost in translation stuff. It's yes. basically if you went to a Vietnamese food uh, family, they'll have fish, they'll grill on over the char grill and pork chop and, yep. you know, all re- really really inspired by the, what the Vietnamese family have at home. Um, we, we rarely get I to share. I wish I had a Vietnamese family eating well, at Well, you can Anam. really get to share it. You can just come to Anam. Now. I know, but and, but, and it is. It's, it's a way that you can, and I, I can actually say wholeheartedly that everything I've had that has gone over the past and into my little tummy has been delicious. That's good. No, really, it is. And, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's also little twists there, and we've got to get to this book, but yeah. there's one thing that needs to be mentioned is, and you might be sick of talking about this now, but the sarsaparilla dumplings. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Ken. Well, yeah. it's you know it's braising um, meat using a really um, sort of a French or Italian technique of braising meat, mm-hmm. but you know having that soft drink in it, sarsaparilla, which I love. I grew up drinking it. I love drinking it. I drink it way. I'm not allowed to drink it anymore because I drink too much of it. Yep. But every time I braise oxtail, mm-hmm. I have some myself. You go, uh, There's always a, little, a glass. Little glass yeah. for me. But uh, it really sort of uh, helps break down the protein and it's just a little sweetness and a star and east sort of flavour in the back palate of it. Yeah, so it's something you can think of because I know for years um, in the United States of America mm. uh, that cooking with Coca-Cola Correct. is a thing. So, Correct. you know, and it's the syrup. And there's all sorts of weird spices in um, in Coca-Cola. I think there's mm. nutmeg that they say there is. Yeah. And anyway, so it's a thing. But yeah. let's get on to this book. So the book is a really um, um, a ch- my translation of, of street food. There's things that you will – everybody who's ever travelled to Vietnam or had a holiday in Vietnam will have had one or more of these dishes. I'm hopefully hoping more of these dishes. And we've always come back and going, how do I cook that? How do I cook this? How do I cook? You where know, do I get morning glory from? Where do I get morning glory this from? This is a question you have to ask, uh, answer Matt at some stage. <laughs> yes. yes. All of the Asian groceries on Victoria Street will have it and Footscray will have it. Yes. Um, and sometimes <laughs> the one in the CBD down. will have it. There you go. No, it's it's just, we were talking earlier before the shake at morning glory when I my one visit yep. to Vietnam was one of the most standout dishes. And it's just a simple side dish. It's not anything 
fancy. It's just delicious. I think you find it in here. It's just a little bit of garlic mm-hmm. and chili yeah, yeah, and seasoned with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the book is, um, you know, covers through rice paper. We only know rice papers, rice paper rolls. But in Vietnam, rice paper is used to uh, is the pastry for spring rolls. There's no actual spring roll pastry in 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 Vietnam. How does that crisp up? Um, the p- rice paper itself is very particular and soft, and you don't put a lot of water. Yes. When you moisten the rice paper. Yeah, but then you deep deep fry it, right? For, correct. As a spring roll. Correct. Correct. And, and how is it? It's, it's quite crispy. It's really yeah, nice. It's wonderful. That. And so you know, and there's also rice paper that nowadays um, that came out of Dalat, an idea of Dalat, which is in the hills of Vietnam, mm-hmm. is grilling the rice paper with egg and shrimp on it. Yes. And then from that being the basic, people now put. Chinese, put Chinese sausage, sausage, more egg, pork floss, all kinds of things. So it's endless. Mm. So the book is a guide to, to start you and then, then to experiment in, in other bits and pieces that you want to put into it. Rice paper as a salad. Yes. Um, you know, it's a street food. It's a, when kids after school or a little snack, you know, a little, tr- little street vendor cart will come along and it's just shredded up rice paper with mango and beef or pork or all kinds of different things and Vietnamese mint and this really nice um, star anise sort of soy glazed over it as a dressing. So we... You know, we know rice paper is one thing, but really there's many uses and uh, ways that it's been used in Vietnam. Um, the Vietnamese rice paper is a little bit thinner than what we get, but you can always source all that. So everything okay. in the book, yes. you can source at your local Asian grocery. And there are more and more Asian groceries. There are. There's this so is, many. This is in one of the great sh- things about Major shopping centres now have, have Asian groceries in, in Chadston, in, um, you know, the Glen. All these Doncaster, they all have really great Asian groceries now. Box Hill. Correct. In town. Correct. Um, in Caulfield. Yeah. Like, okay, even in, in this uh, near Caulfield railway station, there's like yeah, a... Yeah, there's huge. There's a whole hub there of Asian restaurants and, and, and things like that. And then the book just goes to really s- suits. We only know soup as pho, but mm. there's so much more to Vietnamese soups than just pho. There's, you know, those that know it call it BBH or Bung Bo Hue, which is a spicy soup. Bung Bo Hue, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, bung riu, which is using the moose and, and the row of, of crab yes. into forming into a little uh, pork and egg mousse. Hu Tiu Nam Yang is one of my favorites. Uh, my, I grew up with my mother cooking this. My mother, um, my parents owned a restaurant in Cambodia that sold Hu Tiu Nam Yang, What's which that? is basically a Cambodian style um, noodle soup that came out of Phnom Penh. So yes. Nam Yang is Phnom Penh. Oh, is and hukdu okay. is rice noodle. Gotcha. And so it's a real clear broth, but it uses things like um, squid that has to be roasted and added to the broth, Ooh. shrimp that dried shrimp that's added to the broth, Ooh. salted large radish added to the broth. So, salted large radish. Yeah. So wow. there's all these like different daikon. things. Like daikon, daikon right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's salted. It's in a really. Th- um, they normally salt it in a like, ceramic vat. Gotcha. Um, and it comes out really dried and it's really salty. Heaps and of yet flavor. one of the beautiful things of that is that it is a great flavor sponge, isn't it? Correct. The daikon just goes. Correct. And it's got its natural sweetness and then the salt that it's been salted in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Stop you know, it. that kind of broth. Sorry. So it's it's got different toppings on it, you know, livers and things that we never think of to have on a broth. Mm. Um and then one other favourite part of the book I do is uh, talking about bihoi, which is um, fresh beer in Hanoi. It is massive. There's a street corner. Ten, Fifteen years ago when I went, mm. there were 20 of us sitting on the street corner drinking 10-cent 
pints of beers. With ice cubes in it? Correct. That's it. Always. And, it keeps and it cold. these weird tobacco pipes that they smoke from. Yeah, and dried shrimp. You eat dried uh, squid yeah. you know, that's been grilled and toasted and bashed the hell out of. Do you know, the, okay, so I went to Vietnam with some sensational people. And if there's any of you listening who was on the, the Triple R Vietnam trip, mm. big good day to you. Um, but the very, very first, the first meal I had, we arrived in Hanoi. Yep. <clears throat> There's a really, really old, old restaurant, been going for about 300 years. And just the notion of that was like, whoa. And this was the place that does the fish with the turmeric yeah. and the Jack dill. Along. Yes. And the dill. And th- yep. th- one of the, the really surprising things, first of all, with all the telephone wires going everywhere, um, <laughs> was the, the fact that. Here I was eating um, this fish with this herb, which I really more associated with um, uh, Slavian sort of Russian sort yeah. of countries. Yeah. So in the north of Vietnam, there's a lot, a lot of dill being used in, in the Jagalavong you had. Because in, of the climate allows correct, it to grow. Correct. The, the climate allows it to grow. So Jagalavong... Mm. Um, and so they use it in that. They use it in to, to stuff the tomatoes, the stuffed tomato dish we've got that the braised with dill in it as well. Uh, and they use dill in the salad plate. Yes. Then you only see that predominantly in the northern part. The best part of like Dalat and, you know, in, in, in Hanoi, the, the cool climate allows for those kind of um, herbs to be grown. They're currently growing, you know, herbs for restaurants up in the north, for European restaurants in, in yes. Saigon. In yeah. Saigon, but buying it out of Hanoi. But there's lots of dill that gets used in a uh, lot. Yeah, a lot. And I don't, I don't think we just, we realize that you know Vietnamese has so much culture and so much um, um, influences. You, you know, you can't forget the the Chinese were there for a thousand years, the French were there for uh, which you 100 said, years. We'll have the rice, we'll keep the chopsticks, and you got to go. Yeah, get out. All right. And now, then we then said then to the, the French. French came in. We took the butter. What do we keep? We took the pate. Yep. We took the bread and coffee. Uh, terrines, coffee, and then we kicked them out. Evaporated uh, <laughs> yeah. the condensed milk. Yeah, we'll yeah. have that. We then we kicked them out. We yeah, took the best. We're go. like, now nah, we're done. Yeah, now we're we done. We made with it you. better. Yep. And now we have bun me. And but what about one more thing though? But what about the Americans? Did you guys take anything from the Americans? Just the rock and roll. Done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rock out. <laughs> All right. Um, now, um, so this book, how long did it take you to produce and when on earth did you find time to do that? Running two places, um, family. How did you find the time to do this? Because it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm very lucky. I have an amazing general manager yes. who is... Uh, What's your general manager's name? Uh, Olivia. Oh, Olivia. You yeah. know Olivia. I know yeah. Olivia. So um, she's amazing. She yeah. keeps... Uh, dates and times and everything and pushes me right. Keeps push, the ship going. Keeps the ship going. Yeah. I reckon if she wasn't there pushing the ship, um, uh, this book will still be in the first edit. Yes. Yeah. So we, co- we we did it in the sense that we wanted it to be really fun. Everything that you've got here is accessible. You can easily get in uh, even your average Coles or Woolies nowadays. Um, and there's nothing that you need to go to Vietnam to buy to bring back to actually do. No, because um, we've got all these great resources correct. all over the place. To and a lot and of stuff. things you can keep in the pantry again to use in another recipe. So yes. you don't have to buy specifically for one recipe and never use it again. Question. What are the things that need to be in the pantry if we're going to be doing this? I would I'll, I'll start with nook mum. Yes, so nook we mum. We need fish sauce. We always need fish sauce. Three crabs. Uh, th- we use uh, the three fish. Master. Yu we use. Three or, fish. Yeah. 
Yusung. What about your old mate Tom, Mega Tom Chef is one. really good when I can David, afford it. David Tom, oh. When you can afford it, it's only like about five bucks. <laughs> Boy, that's the expensive cream, stuff. That's the expensive stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, and so Red Boat is really good as well. Okay. So they're all fresh. But not... First press fish but, sauce. But if you're going to get a really um, an authentic uh, Vietnamese flavor, yeah. do not use squid. Brand, no. Because that's a Thai one. No which one should is, use it at all. Uh, yeah, it's because um, well, it's yeah. not anchovies. No, it's, it's very pungent. It's very... So right. I'll tell you what, a, a Vietnamese pantry. Go. Uh, nuk mam, which is fish sauce. Got this. Some sugar. Matt's doing it. Uh, bun, which is the vermicelli noodles. Yes. I always have... How thick? They're really... They're, because I bought some and I reckon they were too thin. So just... So there's three types of kind of buns when you look at it. There's the um, the fine shred, which is normally used for rice noodle rice noodle sheets, yeah. and then you've got the bun, yes. which is the thin, the flat, fluffy one that we know, and yep. then the really thick one, which is for bumbo hui, yes, uh, and wung tambe, which is in this recipe. Yeah, um, so that's for soups. Yeah, so it's for soups and, okay. and one salad. We so use we've here. got that. So you've got noodles, you've got fish sauce, you've got sugar, you've got... I've always have some um, sliced woody mushrooms in my pantry. Yes. Because it's really add, good to add to even a broth or even to... For the crunchy. For marinade, for texture. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be my go-to in my pantry. It's and soy sauce. Yeah. Yeah, and soy sauce. Man, I think even you could organise that. I, I think see, I've already got, I got most of them in my pantry. Correct. Room. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's we, we have all this stuff in our pantry, and a lot of it is long life stuff as well. Yes. So you can go, you can cook one recipe and turn around in another two or three months and use the same stuff to cook Fish another recipe. Keeps for a little while. For a long time. Yes. It doesn't last long in my household, though. Yes. Right. And, and the first thing that you should learn how to make? Um, I always say broths are really good, and nook mum. And nukcham? Nukcham, yeah. yeah. So the dipping sauce. What's, which, what is the dipping sauce, just for those so that want to have a go So the dipping sauce is nukcham, is fish sauce, sugar, uh, and li- lemon lime. juice. Or lime. Lemon or lime? Lemon juice normally, lemon. or vinegar even. Mm. So if I want a long life on it, I use vinegar. Yes. And then when I go to use it a few, next week or something like that, I just add fresh lemon juice to it. Yes. Lime juice is more like a namjim yes. for, for a Thai flavour. Uh, Vietnamese are more the lemons or the calamatsis. Yeah. And then you want to have a little bit of chilli in them? Yes. Yes. Minced chilli, mixed chilies. I just mince some fresh chilies and add to it. Matt's nodding his head. Yeah, I just can see it. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Um, the book is called Street Food Vietnam. Who published it? So uh, Smith Street Books uh, Shop uh, published it. Oh. So you can they're available um, most books bookshops. Yes. Uh, my proudest moment was walking up Burke Street and it was in the front window at, uh, at Hill of Content. No. Yeah. That's cool. That's like, oh, my God, oh what my just happened right God. here? Yeah. Um, uh, Hill of Content is probably one of Melbourne's oldest and most established sort of bookstore. bookstores. Yeah. And there it was. And Book for Cooks. And Book for there. Cooks. But you can also go past the restaurant or the restaurant or Fernom, Annam or Fernom and pick up a copy as well. Yeah, come on in and try yeah. those try those dumplings. Yeah. Um, or in failing that, you could probably go online and, online and do that. through a website. You can get it as well. Yeah. Uh, how did your mum and you get on for Mother's Day? Really, really well. Sorry, Matt. I, I just got to ask. Yeah, I know. I know. I yeah. washed herbs. You washed. Oh, you were allowed to do something. I was allowed to wash herbs. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, my mother still thinks I can't cook. Yeah. This is um, <laughs> this is part um, seven of an ongoing series yeah. <laughs> uh, that we've been dealing with as we've been chatting over the things. Uh, enjoy Eurovision. Thank you. Um, uh, and um, and enjoy more words from your son, which is good. Yes. I think it's time to hit the music, Jerry. Thank you. Someone needs to get that phone call. There's thank a phone you. call coming Thanks through. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. 
It's right, 12.32 here on 3 RFM, broadcasting from the corner of beautiful Blythe and Nicholson mm. Street. Now we've improved tram stops yes. and more choke traffic. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but I look across and I see, smiling at me as he has a beautiful Cook's Day off, Donovan Cook. Well, it's not really a day off. I've got to go from here back and do lunch. <laughs> You're doing lunch? Yeah, Sunday lunch. Oh, Wow. Roast, we do roast beef and Yorkshire puddings. I've even got menus for kids because, you know, I, I figured out <laughs> i got four kids and every time I take them somewhere, there's now for them to eat, apart from bread. Yes. So I actually do kid-friendly bolognese. And like my youngest one, he loves bolognese but doesn't like any green stuff. So what I do is I blend all the green you stuff. It. It's camouflaged. And then put the meat in. So actually, in actual fact, it's probably in 90% vegetables and 10% meat. He's almost a vegetarian, doesn't even know it. That's the way. Ah, <laughs> that's it. Keep, keep him guessing, chef. Um, so, yeah, the restaurant, of course, we're talking about is Ryan. Yep. Where, where does that name come from? It's, oh, first of all, it's in 203 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Where does Ryan come from? Uh, Ryan's an Anglo-Saxon word for yes. a course of life constantly moving onwards. So when I hit my midlife age of around late 40s, I kind of thought it's time to... Do something different. Yes. I've already got the young wife, so I didn't need one of them. <laughs> right. I don't drive, so I don't need a, a young man's car. So I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll open a restaurant, reinvent what I used to do 20 years ago, and work 100 hours again. So yeah. Awesome, huh? Uh, it's good fun. It's, it's good. I change the menu all the time, and I've got a young group of kids that work for me, and they're constantly learning new stuff. So they keep me on their toes, and they want to learn... Old stuff, but done new. So not only are you able to indulge uh, a midlife passion, shall we say, but you also get to be a mentor too, which is pretty important with someone like you that has a lot of knowledge to pass down. Of course. I, I love passing on knowledge because basically I gained all my knowledge by people passing down what they'd learned. And are you gentler in the way that you pass on your knowledge? Of course. I've changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, For the better. The thing is, I think the turning point in my career really was when I went to Hong Kong and realized you actually had to do things like write recipes that worked, mm -hmm. guide the kids that didn't speak English how to follow a recipe, and then in actual fact, the consistency comes. You don't need to shout and ball and smash plates. I pay for them now, of course, so <laughs> I can't smash plates, but... <laughs> um, yeah, and it makes everybody's life a lot easier. So the recipes are paramount to get the consistency. Yes. And if you do something, say if I create a new dish, like at the moment I'm using these amazing 10-day-old dried ducks mm -hmm. from uh, Miller's Farm. And um, basically what I do is I take the barrel off and I add spices and I slow cook it. Because I, I want the flavour on the bone, but nobody wants to wait anymore for like 25 minutes duck roasted on the bone. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. slow cook it on the bone and then reheat it and then roast it in the oven and take it off the bone and the results are unbelievable. So I had to write a whole cooking method from scratch how to do that with times, temperatures, resting times. So it didn't taste like a sous vide duck, but it tastes like a roast duck. But the timings are 10 minutes, not... 25 minutes roast, mm. 20 minutes rest, take it off the bone, reheat, slice, yada, yada, yada. Do you sous vide it in the, in the restaurant? I sous vide some stuff. I mean, I've mm. got like uh, 
a kitchen which has how, half the size Zest was with one third of the firepower. So I've Can got you just describe, you've just mentioned something which is a, a great landmark in our culinary identity, Estes-Dest. Yep. Can you just quick in a couple of words just tell us what Estes-Dest was? Oh, it was a, a restaurant I opened when I was 25 and basically I prepared everything fresh, Every single day, if I had eight pigeon, I had eight portions of sauce, and I'd get eight pigeon the next day, and I'd order things like a kilo of carrots, and I'd use those carrots, and the next day I'd order a kilo, and it was pretty intense, because that was the era when fine dining was dead, and Stephanie's had closed, and Mietta's had closed, and mm. I opened a restaurant which was more fine food. In South fine, Melbourne. In South Melbourne, which yeah. was focus on the food, minimum on the wall, no pompous service, and... It took off. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 a bit younger then. I was a bit more feisty in them days. I might have heard that you were, uh, yeah, a little bit like that. And it was interesting just in the, the journey of you that um, I was in a place that you were the executive chef at uh, Atlantic. Yep. Um, and uh, it's in, I can say it's in good hands at the moment. Excellent. Which is good. But um, uh, Ryan sounds great. I was just interested in the fact of whether you do much sous vide in the fact that if we look at just sort of um, a, a statement that the only constant is change, um, it would appear that a lot of restaurants seem to be moving away from using sous vide and, you know, all that molecular stuff. Yeah, well, I've never been a big fan of molecular food, to be quite honest. I'm a, as you said earlier on, I'm a little bit of a traditional guy. A lot of people think I'm an aging rock star on a comeback tour, but... <laughs> I always was a fair, I was always have taught by mm. some of the world's best that if you buy a whole duck, you have to learn how to a butcher the duck, use everything of the duck, and normally once you've used all the stuff you can eat, you're left with bones. So I'm just thinking, mm. what do you do with the bones? Yeah, I'll make bones? a stock, or should I ferment them? And I was saying to somebody the other day. When I was a kid growing up and working in Marco's kitchens or Michel Roux's kitchen, the premier section was the sauce. Oh, so absolutely. If you, if saucier was the exactly. number one. So if you don't make sauces anymore, what is the premier section? Yeah. The vacuum-packed bag section or the <laughs> the foraging and fermenting section? I, I don't yes. know. I mean, I, I always tend to do, A, what I like to eat and put on the menu. Mm. But using sous vide i.e. for things like olive oil confit salmon. I've figured out an amazing way to cook smoked trout because when I cook smoked trout at Est, I used to cure it the same and I used to smoke it, but I used to hot smoke it and the yes. success rate was a 50% on the money and 50% overcooked. And too like dry. That, too dry. Yeah, yeah. So what I've figured out now is I actually cold smoke it for 30 minutes, and mm. then I put it in a vacuum pack bag with olive oil, and I cook it at 58 degrees for four minutes, and it's perfect. Every one Every is perfect. Every time, okay. And that is good for consistency. As far as cooking everything sous vide, all it does for me is in um, consistency the same. The duck is consistent the same. It's not cooked in sous vide. It's set in sous vide, and then I finish it in a pan. And, of course, the, as you sort of inferred with that is that you can dial in the exact temperature. Exactly. Which is kind of good. Um, so, Ryan is – how long have you been at Ryan now for? 
Oh, it'll be two years in October. Where does time go? That is oh, kind of crazy. It does. It flies by. flies yeah, by. It really does. And um, still people don't even know I'm back in Melbourne, so that's a bit strange. But <laughs> yeah, well, we're hopefully, here. Hopefully this radio station will help me. All right. Well, we're, we're <laughs> here to say that Donovan Cook is indeed here. He's uh, resident at uh, 203 St. George's Road in North Fitzroy. Um, but there's also a thing when you, you, you're looking at technique, you look at mm. flavours and things like that. And I thought uh, it'd be interesting just to have a quick chat because you're doing an interesting collaboration with the guys at Gin Palace. Yes. And <laughs> using the palette of juniper and all the botanicals of gin. Yeah. What are you going to do and when's that on? Well, put it this way, I got a phone call on Saturday night two weeks ago in the middle of service. Really? None other than somebody in uh, Berlin on holiday. Obviously, the owner of the Gin Palace, because he's the only one who'd ring me up. Vernon rings me up. Vernon rings you up? From fucking... Hello, Donovan. 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 uh, What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm I'm in Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at a dance party. I'm off my head. And uh, uh, you fancy doing a a gin menu? I went, well, (laughs) yeah, but can you send me a bit more... more, Information, and I'll think about it. Yes. So, yeah, so I've been paired up with um, Never Never Distilleries, which have just won uh, traditional gin in the world. So, yeah, I'm using four of their gins to do a four-course menu. Wow. Mm. And... That's going to be interesting. And uh, any thoughts of how you get your head around? Yeah, I've written work? the menu already. Oh well, I, I hope so. You know, so I was the one that took Vandenberg surprise. He was in his bath. I don't know who he was with in the bath, but the yes. dessert. I'm doing one of their fruit. Uh, was it fruity fruit cup? Fruity gin. fruit cup. Yes, it's one of their famous gins, and I'm doing a trifle with it. Fruity fruit cup gin Ooh. trifle. Okay, and I'm doing their triple. Juniper gin, which is going to be brined with the chicken. Yes. And I'm doing a juniper brined chicken breast with uh, Jerusalem artichokes and a gin sauce. Mm. I'm going to do a scallop dish with one of the other gins, and I'm making a Negroni out of it. And then I'm going to set the Negroni with egg agar and make a gel. And I'm going to do scallops, Negroni, fennel, and uh, grapefruit. Oh, that sounds good. And the first course is... Gin marinated salmon with gin and tonic and uh, pickled cucumbers. Boom. Yeah. Sounds kind of good. Um, how, oh, Vernon nearly drowned in the bath once he'd read it, actually. I Did he really? Yeah, tell me. Happy I'm nearly, Vernon. Yeah, happy. I'm happy. Happy Vernon. <laughs> uh, just to position, uh, Vernon Chalker, the, one of the doyens of the bar industry and one of the, the very first to uh, really, really bring great, consistent and incredible staff and service mm. to... Uh, uh, what was just a land of pubs and uh, uh, Melbourne Bitter and Carlton Draft. Would that be a good way to describe it, man? I don't mind a bit of Melbourne Bitter and Carlton Draft, actually. Oh, I'm a real bog and I love them. There we go. <laughs> Boom. But, um, okay, so when is this um, When's this thing on? You can you can look it up on the Gin Palace first, web, website. First, 1st of June for lunch. 1st of June. Yeah. That's a Saturday, isn't it? Yep, Saturday, yeah. 1st of June, so I do that. And there's going to be, I think there's going to be more of them. There's going to be, so yep. it's a collaborating series. Yeah, they've got uh, Matt Wilkinson involved. I think they've also got um, Andrew McConnell involved as well. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really, really good. Well, congratulations, Donovan. Uh, just to let you know that indeed he is here. He does exist in this town. Donovan <laughs> Cook, uh, lovely to chat to you as always, Chef. Thanks a lot. Good luck with the roasts. Have you ever tried raspberry wine? 
Uh, I haven't tried raspberry wine. I've tried red, raspberry beer. I used to drink that a little bit in France when I was Lambic framboise. Yeah. I used to try and have one every year. One, one a year because it was delicious. But uh, we've got Diego Campanella who's going to be telling us this story about coming to Melbourne in 1961 and uh, pursuing and persevering with making wine at home. And we might go and grab him uh, after this. Donovan, lovely to see you, mate. Excellent, mate. Thanks again. Pleasure. Take care. Wow, Diego's just handing me something that looks really, mm. really complicated. But I, the first thing I need to do is say a very, very good afternoon to you, Diego. Thank you so much for coming in, and welcome to the radio station 3 Triple Absolute pleasure. Con piacere. Now, the first thing I've done is um, been corrected by an Italian, which is something that seems my, my, my life from... Uh, Working in Ligon Street many, many years ago when I suggested adding capsicum to a dish uh, where Anonymous said, No! <laughs> no, you're not, but no capsicum! Uh, but uh, I got your, your last name wrong. How do we Capellani. say that? Capellani. Capellani. Hey, si. Si, si, si. hey so um, thanks for coming in. Now, I'll just pleasure. get you to point at that microphone, which would be great. Okay. Wine is your thing, as, uh, as well as other, uh, lots of other yes. things, La Dolce Vida and all sorts of beautiful things. Oh, La Dolce, si. Dolce. You came here in 1961. Mm, long in time ago. Long time, yeah, a couple of footy seasons, as mm. uh, the, uh, the skippies <laughs> say. Um, it was a different place, and it was sort Absolutely. of a, a place where looking at uh, wine was something a little bit, Sus, a little bit suspicious. People didn't drink that much mm, wine. No, plonk and all that. Plonk and it was looked on with suspicion. Oof, well, yeah. garlic was looked on with suspicion oh, in those yeah, days. Oh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. What, how could we, could we live without garlic now? I, I know, it seems <laughs> kind of crazy, but, but also um, things like olive oil, the only mm. place you could go to get Spaghetti? that was... Spaghetti? Oh, yeah, worms. <laughs> <laughs> They're bloody eating worms. What are they doing there? <laughs> So, um, where did you, did you go and uh, you came to Melbourne? Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you come from? I come from a, uh, a peninsula top of Adriatic Sea yes. called Istria. So this is very it, northern Italian. Yeah, yeah. was Italian uh, for a couple of hundred years, and Austrian, uh, a kingdom, and all that. You know, going and then Romans prior mm. to that, and so forth. You know, but. World War Two, Mussolini and all that, you know, capitulation. Oh, 1943, yeah. the year after I was born, mm-hmm. threw it into Yugoslavian's hand. Really? And with all its population too. So consequently it took us 10 years to be able to be repatriated. So was it sort of just gifted by El yeah. Duce or uh, Mussolini? Well, no, taken. Taken, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't give these things up uh, voluntarily. Oh, look, we've got perfect glasses oh. for, <laughs> for the one. We've, this is like the, this the is, classic coffee cup mat. This is the best we can do at Triple R for wine, unfortunately. We're, we're handing good. over these little uh, little tumblers, little Durex tumblers. Durex. Normally serve coffee in. Yes, yeah, I'll pass this over to you. Um, so we are just... Imba- oh, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> That's okay. So uh, one of the reasons um, that uh, Diego's here, not across the desk. There we go. Um, is that um, Diego, of course, represents the Elf. That's okay. I'll clean that up. Elfman District Winemakers Guild. But mm-hmm. we're also in conjunction because we wanted to let people know um, about something that is particularly. Italian and what the migrants brought. And, you know, we, we talk about the Melbourneese. 
And, yes. And it is that self-sufficiency and the Darabin Homemade Food and Wine Festival is cliche time. Matt, I'm going to put some money in the jar. It's a celebration of um, of making mm. things yourself. Sorry, man. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And it, and, it, and 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 it is something to be seen. And mm. I I recommend it to you people to actually to be there on that Saturday, and uh, and and you will be happy. You'll be part of it. And, What's happening uh, on the Saturday? And which Saturday is Saturday this? is the uh, public day, and I think it's on the. S- Seventh or eighth of June. So that'll be. It starts. It's a long weekend. It starts from the first of, of June and goes exactly. till the eighth. It does. Um, and uh, again, you can just go to the Darabin. Uh, just type in Town Darabin. Hall. Yeah, homemade food North and wine mm-hmm. And there'll be all sorts of stuff there. Uh, yes, including a wide wine display where every winemaker will be sitting at a chair with his wine in front, and you yeah. can actually have a chat with him. Yes. We are actually. Is he going to tell you your secrets? Because it's like asking, sort of like, yeah, who made the grappa? The grappa, and it's always like, oh, I don't know. It was someone, a friend, yeah, a friend, yeah, yeah, friend. Yes, yes. So, but winemaking, you can talk about. Yes. Oh, good. Because we're allowed to make that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the grappa you never own up to. No, no, no. No, no. Cheers, Diego. Cheers. There's. So, what have we got in the glass here? I'm going to come around here, Matt. We have yeah. a, uh, a raspberry wine. This actually uh, won a silver medal. At, uh, what what a does it smell like, man? It's funny. It smells like it. It's you expect a soft drink because it's got that mm, real yeah. raspberry sort of smell. And color wise, well, oh, gee, it smells good. Color wise, it's such a vibrant red. It's almost like a. Almost reminds me of like sort of Ribena, but a little bit, a little bit pinker. It's Probably been well, just is that what Ribena is? It's yeah. actually uh, it's raspberry juice, slightly, mm-hmm. slightly diluted. Um, and first of all, my first question when I heard about what you do is, how on earth do you get enough raspberries to make the wine? Um, well, most of the time we buy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you get them in Of bulk. course, they're available. Uh, yes, we do for this particular. Uh, it is a wine uh, workshop that mm. we are actually providing for the community. Oh. And and it's at um, uh, it's it's the previous Monday of this particular week. Mm. Um, we actually will be will be buying approximately twenty kilos of uh, of raspberries. Is it just raspberries? Just raspberries. Just raspberries. Just raspberries. And, and you ferment them out. Mm. Uh, yes. We do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just like we do with grapes. Yes. Mm. Probably the only difference is that it's actually done with hot water to start with. Yes. And smash them up hot water in it mm. and then cool it down and just do the normal process like adding additional sugar to provide some more alcohol to, for to balance. Feed, mm-hmm. the, feed the yeast to yes. M- yes. let it go through because it is mm. – that's fairly dry, isn't it, Matt? It is. It, yeah, it's it, absolutely it delicious though. It's quite mm. well balanced. But it can, be, it can be made a little sweeter and so forth. You know, this has got a slightly bit of sweetness to it. Mm. It's not completely dry. Just to provide a simulation to the fruit. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Yep. This is really delicious. Mm. Sorry, I'm just um, which is, it's not a good thing on a radio show to be absolutely lost for words. But <laughs> I, I, I think I have been kind of lost for words. This um, is there a bit of 
No, there's not really a grip there. There's no real tannins there because... No, no, you no. Haven't that, that, it provides very little tannins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and, and you wouldn't want to either because it would destroy the actual The character. delicacy of, the, of yes, the fruit. it would. It would hide In, it, so to speak. Uh, hmm. Yeah. No. So, and, and, and worth mentioning that uh, it can be done with several... Uh, other, for example, this is another. This is a mead, oh, wow. but it's not oh, elderberry. raspberry. That's elderberry. That's the fruit and, and the, the flower. flower. Com- a combination. That's considerably sweeter. <laughs> it's protesting. <laughs> there we go. Oh yeah, that's. Mm. Um, you have much uh, uh, elderflower, uh, Matt? Elderberry? Uh, no, certainly not in wine. <laughs> we've seen it. We've seen it in um, a liqueur. It was uh, recent. I think we had the the guy who yes. invented Saint Germain. And there are some uptown soft drinks that are sort of elderberry flavoured oh, yes. as well. Yeah, that's true. Some very hipstery uptown yeah. um, soft drinks. Um, and this, because you've said this is mead, have you used honey? Um, honey is the base instead of sugar, conventional uh, saccharose. And so you... Mm, you to you provide the alcohol, I suppose. See, and okay. also the character. These are great. And you said... Uh, so the, the raspberry wine, which you've just had, won a medal. Yeah. Medal. Mm-hmm. Not a medal. Um, where did you learn your trade? Your, your art. Oh, look, I made a first wine when I was the year seven. No. Secretly. Secretly? Me and my friend Johnny, we Tell actually, me. we got blind the week after ah, when ah. he was ready yeah. and slept for two days, got in a lot of trouble. But my nono said, Diego. Diego, what are you doing? You want to make wine, I will teach you. Properly. Properly. Yeah. And to drink it properly. None of this going around my back. Italians don't really get drunk that much, it seems. Well, he taught me not to get drunk. No, because... And and, and all my friends will tell you, they they have not seen me drunk. Yeah. Really. Not not since you were seven and you had... (laughs) What was your hangover at at seven? I don't remember. No, you slept for two days. I slept slept through it. So (laughs) what, what was the name of your mate? Gianni. Gianni. Still alive. And who's, who's he's I, still in the old uh, Santa Domenica. Who, whose idea from. was it? Or did you both come up with it together? No, no, he stayed there. No, but the idea to make wine. Who, who oh, whispered in who's here to go? Both, well, we were actually looking after the animal at pasta on a Sunday. Yes. Nothing to do. Oh, and there's no one so around. The adults are gone. we got a pumpkin. Yeah. Got all the inside out. Yes. Got some grapes from the, uh, from the vine. Did you uh, say a pumpkin? Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. You, you hollowed out a pumpkin. Yeah, hollow that. Put a hole on top. <laughs> Fill it up with squash grapes. Yeah. And just let it go. Wow. Did nothing else. Jeez. Week after, it was lovely. It was great, yeah. yeah. Falling down Ooh. water. Yes. Yeah, and you worked that out. But we so could, that was your we, first we couldn't vintage. couldn't walk home. So. <laughs> so first vintage, age seven. Well, yeah. And so then, Grand, uh, your nonna? No, no. No, no. No, no, that's grandfather. Uh, oh, okay. It, yes. She took pity he, on you, or. Oh, he, no, no. No, no. No, no. no. Okay. So he said, all right. I'll teach you. I'm going to teach you, but I'm going to do it right. The family, why makers galore, uh, we actually, uh, 75 where our produce was grapes and wine and so forth, and that's where we existed on. Mm. Basically, yeah. until we could not exist anymore, so we left the country. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Went to Italy, they had no room for us. Really? So, Australia was the next. They said, we're going to go south, way yeah. south, mm. not, not mm. Sicilia. Mm. No, no, not Sicilia. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, and so, you, when you 
got here to um, to Melbourne because mm. it was Melbourne you came to. Yes, yes. This was first of all, it's in you, I suppose. You know, mm. it's just part of your being mm. to make mm. wine, but also it's a, it's a link back with um, the mother country. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, oh well, I am Italian. I always will be. But yes. I live in a wonderful country uh, of Australia, and I am Australian, uh, naturalised and all that. Um, mm. I married an Australian girl in Lynn Kennedy, oh, who was a magnificent woman. Unfortunately, she chose God instead of me for the rest of my life. Yes, <laughs> yes. But she gave me two wonderful sons who's, uh, who both doing well in life and, and you started and, what was mm. your first vintage that you made here i actually because of the uh, business of life building life did not actually get back into wine until 2000 1998 uh, uh, mm-hmm. where a friend convinced me to do a course in wine making where i thought it was necessary because all the wines that I was tasting from friends or the family and so forth tasted okay. For but, a while. But Ooh. they weren't like the wine that you got from the bottle uh, from, yeah. from the shop down the road. Usually and a little bit thin and a yeah, little bit acidic. Yeah. Acidic and yeah. not quite, didn't have the aromas or the palate that, that really are. So I thought, well, it's time to find out why. Mm. And that's, that was the start of it all. I did, I did five different courses. And this was and, the start mm, of the Elfman District Winemakers Guild? When I joined them, that's what changed my uh, attitude to wines and uh, I suppose started my uh, winemaking life. Yeah, mm. and mm. so how can people see you during the Darabin Homemade Food and Wine Festival? Well, we'll be involved. I will be there at, on the day of the show, which is the public day, on yes. the long week, the Saturday of the long weekend. Yes. At, uh, at the Nelscott Town Hall. Oh, beautiful. That little and space. we'll be there mingling around with uh, with the winemakers and uh, mm. myself and Gary Campanella. That is the guy that, the guy that you had. Uh, it's the oh, the wrong, the wrong name. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the wrong name, yes. Uh, we had the two wine judges involved in that. Yes. And uh, to talk to different people who ever want to know anything mm. uh, that we can provide for their knowledge on winemaking. Uh, Beautiful. Be quite happy to be Thank you. To be there. Uh, and, and we'd love to see you there. So, uh, Diego, it is part of the Darabin Homemade Food and Wine Festival. Did you get that? Look that up uh, using the Googs. Um, and uh, Diego will be there. It goes from the 1st to the 8th of June. Um, you're a vital part of what makes Melbourne such a beautiful and diverse place, and my hat's off to you. If, and your if, raspberry if wine I is delicious. the time, or I, I don't. We don't. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you personally then later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, and, and then we'll pass it on, because yeah. still here... Yes, Neil's coming up. Neil's next. coming up, and he's going... Cool, he's giving me a wave. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to throw to you, Diego. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. And we'll Pleasure try to, to pass that on. Matt, thank you. We will see you next week. And still here is on, and we'll start. Thank you for listening. Bye. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.